25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Wyatt takes his The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let us begin. That's the proper version of let's go. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Local Agents. Friendly service. That's what you get with Farm Bureau. Your hometown heroes are right down there at the Farm Bureau office because I promise you, if you know you have that fender bender on a weekend at 11 p.m., you're going to want to um, have someone who you don't mind calling on their cell phone. They can get started right away and help you, kind of help comfort you a little bit, get the whole process, the claims process started and everything. And that's the way it is at Farm Bureau. It's the way it is and it's the way it ought to be. So welcome into the show. And I have an announcement to make. My lovely wife, the homecoming queen, Annabeth, better known as the homecoming queen, would absolutely wring my neck right now if she knew that I forgot to tell you about this in the first hour of the show. It's kind of like number one rule in radio is you should probably lead with your best stuff. Don't you think, Roger? I mean, don't you think that's kind of sort of a rule? Yeah, don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. Lead with your good stuff. Well, I talked about Southern Miss selling beer in a stadium for 30 minutes and got riled up about it and totally whiffed on this. So I'm going to do it now. I have to make you aware now. Two things. One, I'm going to give you the news. And number one, I'm going to give you the news. And number two, you're going to hear it some because I'm going to continue to remind you. But this is something I think that is going to be really fun. Um. I, I also, it will give, you know, it's going to give us an opportunity to pitch in a little bit and help some local charities in five different cities in Mississippi. Here's what I'm talking about. Football, food, and film study. If you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter or you've gone to my YouTube channel, you know, I'm, um, over the last couple of years, it's kind of become, uh, you know, even a little part of the business. And that is um, working on breaking down football plays, drawing them up. I'll show you kind of the front or the, uh, <laughs> or the design or the route or the coverage and looking at how and why things happen during the course of a football game. And, you know, it's, we don't do entire 85-play games for people, but we might do 10 or 12 of the most important plays from a game. Or breaking down a player, or looking at quarterbacks, and you, as followers of mine on social media and on radio, have always encouraged me. You guys, you know, 
a tweet here, a message there. Um, it, it's just um, a comment has always let me know that you've enjoyed it. So I've continued to do more and more, and it's it's picked up steam. So I am inviting you to join me for supper. The proper word is dinner. <laughs> but you and I know it's supper. I always ate dinner at lunchtime. Right, that was dinner. And then supper came yeah. right when the sun went down, or close to it anyway. So I'm inviting you all to have supper with me. We'll call it dinner on all the official stuff, but you and I know it's supper. While we eat, we are going to talk football throughout the year. We're going to do a little breakdown here, a little scouting report there. I'll answer your questions as best I can, and we will watch some film together. Some things that might have just happened on the weekend before. Some things that might be in preview of what you're going to see the following weekend. And I'm coming to five cities to make it easy on you. And tickets are on sale right now. Here are the locations. Coming up in September. One month from yesterday, in fact. So September the 19th will be the first stop at the Anthony there at the Country Club in Vicksburg. And we're going to go to the Anthony there on the 19th. And um, we're selling 50 tickets there. You're able to come in and be a part of kind of a small group, you know, exclusive group where we can communicate. Not a huge group. We'll be able to communicate and everybody get a little one-on-one. And if you got questions, we can do it. We'll watch a little film together while we eat. The folks there at the Anthony, I mean, if you've ever been there, you know it's just fantastic. And then... Will, uh, will there be alcohol served? I don't know. It won't be served by me. <laughs> Now, I'm sure most of these places do, and if you want it, yeah. you're certain to. But your ticket will cover dinner and uh, and everything else. The ticket won't cover the alcohol. Um, the uh, second stop, so we'll go to Vicksburg on the 19th at the Anthony. The second stop will be in Starkville. We're going to uh, the Breakfast Club, formerly Cappy's Steakhouse. Uh, then we'll be coming to Tupelo. Park Heights, my hometown of Tupelo. We'll do uh, food, football, and film there. And then we'll go to Jackson. Coming to Jackson in October at Char. So if you have a ticket, we'll spend an evening together, a couple hours, hour and a half, something like that. We'll eat together over at Char in Jackson and then talk some football, watch a little film. And we're going to wrap my ashtray out. I'm going to come see you. <laughs> Please do, yeah. Roger. Get and them quarters, put them to use. There you go. <laughs> And then uh, the final stop later in October or middle of October will be at the Purple Parrot in Hattiesburg. And that last one's really going to be a fun deal because that'll be the week of the Southern Miss-Louisiana Tech game, the same week of the LSU-Mississippi State game, and also that same week Texas A&M will be going to Ole Miss. So, I mean, it's going to be a really good week to wrap those up. Big Bulldog aficionado. Robert St. John's, that's his place, man. Yeah, oh, that's exactly right. You know, and Robert... The food is off the chain. Oh, it is incredible. I mean, it really is. And Robert's a great guy. One of the foremost chefs in the state of Mississippi. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I just... um, If you're listening, here's how you'll get a ticket to this, okay? If you want to come and be a part of these dinners and film study, you know, dinners that we're going to do... Here's how you'll be a part of it. You're going to get a ticket to go to either um, Vicksburg, Starkville, T- 
Tupelo, Jackson, or Hattiesburg, all in September and October, just go to my website. I got an events tab right there, and it'll take you right to where you need to buy the tickets. Just go to mattwyattmedia.com. Again, mattwyattmedia.com. Up top, you'll see it says events, and when you go there, you'll have the choice of which one you want. The dates are there, the locations. You click on that, you'll be able to purchase your ticket, and you'll be good to go. And uh, I look forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We haven't done it before. It's the first time we've done it. You know, probably uh, looking back, it would have been nice to, you know, maybe, I don't know, start selling tickets a little earlier. But we still have a month to go before the first one. And, and again, the size of it, seats are limited in most of these places anyway. And so the size is going to be really just right for having some in-depth as opposed to someone standing up giving you a presentation. We're going to actually kind of be able to talk and, Maybe go through some stuff, and I'll answer it as best I can. So, anyway, looking forward to that again. Um, will, will the homecoming queen be with you? Oh, yeah. She's coming. Okay. Yeah. Yep, she'll be there. She, uh, thank goodness, and none of this stuff happens without her. For sure. She's Oh, she's the event planner. Uh, she's the event planner, man. And she's just, she's done things like that. You're, you're no, just the talent. Just show up and look pretty. Uh, well, yeah. Or, to, or show up and talk pretty. That's it. I'm not even doing that. I'm not, I'm just showing up and talking, you know. But um, she's done a great job. So I'm really looking forward to those. And again, if you're listening, uh, you'll hear more about it going forward. I will continue to remind you. We're going to try to sell these tickets out. Um, they're available. More information at the website, mattwyattmedia.com. Again, two stops in September, starting on September 19th, the first one in Vicksburg, followed by Starkville. And then in October, there, I think, what's all the same week, October 1st, we're going to go to Tupelo. Later that week, we'll go to Jackson there at Char, and then finish it up on the 15th in Hattiesburg. So get your ticket. They are on sale, and I'll continue to uh, remind you about that. Okay. Especially Char, Char's busy on a Friday night anyway, so get your tickets fast. Better get them. All right, so look, there um, are a lot of texts that I didn't get to in the first hour. I'm going to get to some of those now. But let me remind you, if you're just tuning in, if you're new to the show, or if you're not, you just need a reminder. Here, text me on the text line, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. You can also call and be a part of the show. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. That is the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. The big orange fleet, Kubota. See those big Kubota mowers? The older I get, the less I'm enthused about my push mower. <laughs> that made me think about I was where you are when I was 10. <laughs> you, were, you were not as enthused about the push mower. I was mower. not enthused, no. <laughs> I, I get a kick out of mowing grass. It's just... I live on a hill, and it's like it gets tougher and tougher to mow it every year. And it has nothing to do with a hill. It has everything to do with me. But anyway, so I'm looking at those um, you know, residential size zero turns that they sell there to Divinity, thinking about it real hard. Got to get a trailer for it first, though. Yeah, I'd I prefer riding more. I, I, this weekend, I stepped into a, a bed of uh, some pretty uh, ferocious fire. Oh, no. I got polka dot feet. <laughs> Bad gummit, Roger. Man, like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. Those things are, they are ferocious. Well, I mean, step on my house, I'm going to get aggravated too. So. That's right. Yeah. They're just doing what they do. 
Look, all right, so more bully on the text line. This is in regards to how Southern Miss might have gotten around the law in Mississippi about selling uh, alcohol, alcoholic beverages at public events, community college, junior college, college or university, which is, you know, a law says you can't do that, how they're getting around it. And this resort status stuff is maybe there's something to that. I mean, it appears there is. We had someone call in earlier who said that he was thinking that um, that is how you get around it. You somehow get this resort status tag. But anyway, more bully wondered that as well. He said, I wonder if somehow Southern Miss got around or got that resort status. Um, You know, again, this is an, an, an area, a subject that I am not an expert. I got plenty of questions. I got no answers. Um, I mean, I understand what they're saying, but the solution it just sounds too cute to be legal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how could you create a law that was as specific as the one you read? Well, and, and then say, "Oh, but you're a resort." No, I'm sorry about that. Everybody yeah, well, and who decides who is a resort and who isn't? I'm not saying it's not happening, but it just seems kind of silly. Mississippi law or code, Title 67-1-37, Part Two. No alcoholic beverage shall be sold or consumed at any public athletic event at any public school, community, or junior college, college, or university. And that's what we're talking about there. So to do it, you'd have to get around it. I'm sure they have. And later, excuse me, Patrick McGee from the Sun-Herald is going to be coming by. And we'll ask him. I bet he knows. We'll see if he does. not going to hold it against him if he doesn't because I don't know. Yes, okay, I couldn't remember the name of the three girls that were the stars of Saved by the Bell. I was not a huge fan of the show. It came up, if you're just tuning in, listen, I'm not going on some big deep dive on this thing. Trust me on that. But if you're just tuning in, Saved by the Bell first aired on NBC on this day, August the 20th, 1989. The first ever episode aired on this day. I brought it up. I could remember Zach... Slater, and it took me a minute, but then I got Screech. But I couldn't remember the names of the girls on the show. And ironically, Roger, somebody named Zach texted into the show and said it was Lisa, Kelly, and Jesse. <laughs> didn't that? I remember now. <laughs> didn't that Zach on the show? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we Not had a the, Zach text yeah. us on. Was that the one that Mar- played Mario Lopez, or was he the other guy? He was Slater. Slater, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Walking Bully says, schools can get around the state law by designating their football sta- stadiums as a resort. Resort status can sell alcohol, so that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. And, and look, Southern Miss, more so than State or Ole Miss, needs incentive to get more people in there. They just do. You know, in terms of getting big crowds, if that's your onus, well, they got to have something. The mailman in Jackson said, if it were me, I'd place an officer at the exit of any parking area with a breathalyzer. To have drivers know they will be tested before leaving the lot. Money for the sales and even more money for the tickets and safer roads. This is what I said would have the opposite effect of bringing people in. 
I mean, if you know you're going to get hit with a $10,000 Dewey, you're not going nowhere near that place. Uh, that's right. Your car still be sitting there <laughs> on <laughs> Sunday. Testimony right? to your bad choices. <laughs> well, but um, there, there's just... <laughs> it looked like a... It looked like one of those apocalyptic films. They got everybody. <laughs> the cars pulled off. The hey, well, I couldn't help it. A uh, while ago, when um, I th- who was it that called us from Starkville? What was his name? Was it Bradley? I think so. Uh, who said, you know, he's worked some security at games before. And he said, yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> that they, if you sell beer inside the stadiums of the games, that the fans are more likely to stay there the entire time. Yeah. I thought, well, some of them are going to stay there because there's going to be some that can't walk out. <laughs> but I'm not sure that's any different than now. I I firmly believe the reason they, the clear bag policy was more for contraband than, than weapons. Yeah. So, Jeremy on my text line, excuse me one moment. Jeremy on my text line said, the NFL and other professional teams have been selling beer for decades. Why can't colleges and universities follow the same model? It's not that hard. Well, no, it's no, nobody says it's hard. Jeremy, what it is, is it's adults who have just always looked at it as they're trying to be responsible because college campuses have all these students who are underage in your sporting events. You know, college sporting events are a lot different than professional sporting events. And that, frankly, I bet you have as many or more, I bet you have more uh, kids, young people, at college games than you do at pro games. And you're meaning not necessarily students. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, not necessarily students. Yeah, like, yeah. you know. Kid I mean, his dad, mom. I mean, we all we all know a truckload of our own friends who grew up their whole lives every year they went with their family to to the college games at state or Ole miss and tailgated yeah how many though do you know a truckload of friends who grew up going and tailgating in nfl games no even in even if you lived in an nfl market no so that's all of it it's it's just a responsibility thing and yes at times they are changing you know people starting to look at i mean let's be honest um, a lot of this, yes, it is about money for some schools. A lot of this is about, it has come about as really starting to weigh it, judge whether or not you should do this on your college campus because there's a declining attendance. And just from a business model standpoint, they're trying to curb that. That's, that's what this comes from. And if they look at it in reality, which they are, Say, look, everybody, you know, you got 65,000 people in the stadium. You got a whole bunch of them drunk anyway because they bring their own stuff. Sneak it in. Students sneak it in. (laughs) Even the ones who are of age. You know, sneaking in the the liquor and they're all, you know, drinking at the tailgate. So if they're going to do it anyway, which that is reality, is there not an offset? We're going to look at the reality of it. Is there not an offset? And it helps us with one problem and maybe helps with another problem too. So I think that's what they're just looking at. So, Jeremy, when you say it's not that hard, well, f- f- to to make a responsible decision based on what you've been doing, based on the fact you do have more kids at college games, 
it is hard, you know, because somebody's got to be responsible for making the decision. It is not easy. Uh, I said earlier that I am going to Vicksburg on Friday night for the Red Carpet Bowl. I'm going to get there and see Warren Central play. I didn't know who they were playing. Isabella on the text line, 885-ESPN, texts the show and says that she too will be at Warren Central and that they play Holmes Central in that late game. And yes, I do realize, Isabella, it's a two games. That's the whole thing about the Red Carpet Bowl is they start the year every year. Both Vicksburg and Warren Central play, which is really neat. So the first game is Vicksburg versus Madison Central at Viking Stadium at 5.30, followed by Warren Central versus Home Central at 8. Two games, two different schools, same town. That's really cool. And I'm into it. As long as I've known the Morgans, too, I've never watched a game at Warren Central. Uh... Somebody said, Matt, I still have a bitter taste in my mouth when I listen to Scott Strickland. Well, that's your problem. Somebody said, not only would it be an illegal, what is this? Roadblock. Roadblock. It would cause traffic and never leave campus. What, the whole breathalyzer thing? Yeah, it's a nightmare as it is. Yeah, it really is. The mailman. That's why people leave early, I think. The mailman says, it'll generate cash and attendance. In the Superdome, you can buy cocktails, beer, and wine. It has worked for years. Also, the Miss officials need to do is get info from the security at the Dome to see how to handle what will happen when people are drinking. Yeah, that's right. And look, if you've ever been to an NFL game, you know the atmosphere. Boy, I mean, it is a lot, lot different than a college game atmosphere. And that alcohol does have a lot to do with it. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. The Sonic Boom! Yeah! Get ready! Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready for some football? I sure am. Hey. The philosopher Hank Williams Jr. asked. Listen to this. I got a tweet at the beginning of the show, Roger, that said, you are guaranteed to be the only show in the world that will pair an HBCU band and George Jones in the same segment. (laughs) Remember that? You got that right. (laughs) And then we got a salute. It says, I salute you, bro. Hashtag possum, hashtag Sonic Boom. Yeah, we started off with Sonic Boom, and then we had George Jones singing Choices. Sure did. Hey, and don't ever let anybody think they're not listening to this show. Because my man Jonathan at Divinity Equipment in Madison on Highway 51, Jonathan McMillan, <laughs> he said, somebody just texted me and told me to tell you that we sell trailers too. <laughs> and that's because, yes, earlier I said I've been thinking about getting that, you know, commercial grade, no, no, residential grade zero term. Because it gets harder and harder every year to mow my yard with a push mower. <laughs> it doesn't do the yard. It has everything to do with me. The yard's getting uphill. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's not getting more steep. But anyway, uh, and I said, yeah, but I got to get a trailer first. 
So, Jonathan, somebody texted him, and now he's texting me to remind me they sell trailers, too. <laughs> yeah, you need a trailer to put all that deer corn and other oh, stuff man. on. Man, boys, toys, that's what I want. Trailer, mower. See, and that's the thing. Let me let me tell you this, though. That's the deal. They have these fall packages. They did this last year, and people went in there and bought them up. And so they're doing it again this year. I want to make sure I get it right. The model of the tractor... is the 2501. Okay, they're calling it the Hunter's Special Package. The L2501 four-wheel drive. It's the the L2501, the loader as well, the five-foot cutter, the five-foot disc, 20-foot trailer, all in one package. Tractor, loader, cutter, disc, trailer, all for under $22,000 total. Payments as low as $222 a month. Step on in the store for details. That's uh, that's what I need to do. Look, okay, I'm just going to say one last thing. I'm getting all kinds of tweets, and there's a lot of texts on this subject uh, today about the you know selling the beer in the stadium. You, you know, my belief system is very clear. Not to be going around drunk. Okay? That's my belief system. I'm not saying that I never have been. Oh, I definitely have. Not proud of it. But I'm saying my belief... the gluttony thing, doesn't it? Yeah, sure. But my belief system is very clear. Not to be drunk. Period. End of story. So, I'm going to approach things and live in a certain way. Now. (laughs) Not to be drunk. I don't care how much they sell. I'm not buying it. That's me. That's my belief system. Maybe think about Ron White there. He's, he's one of his jokes. He says, "I was, I was drunk in private. Uh-huh. He threw me in the public. He threw me in the public. So, I don't. My that's my thing is people are going to make choices. It doesn't matter how much you sell or where you sell it. Some people are going to make one choice, and some people are going to make another. I understand that." You know, if you're in a big venue and you have a lot of people gathered in one place, you're making decisions accordingly. But still, those people are going to make those decisions, right? So I I don't, what I don't understand is why some people are so passionately for the sale of beer in stadiums. I mean, the same person that will look you in the eye and go, well, what's the big deal? They sell it three blocks down the road as much as you want. You want to get drunk? Go down there and buy it and drink it. So they might as well sell it in the stadium. And I go, yeah, you're right. What is the point? Why are you so passionate about them selling it inside your college football stadium when, in fact, is all you want for sale right down there two blocks away? So I don't care what they do. It doesn't affect me because I'm going to make choices for myself. So the group thing, thing is what's weird to me. It's like people going, I want a governing body to make a rule. Therefore, I can just follow anything and do anything blindly because I can depend on someone else to take care of me. So I can depend on somebody else to make decisions for me. Is that really how you want to go through life? 
Why do you give a flip if they sell it or not? You want to drink that bad and they don't sell it in the stadium, guess what? Don't go to the game. If you are a person who refuses to be even be in the same, you know, airspace as alcohol and they do sell it, don't go to the game. <laughs> you know, we're all going to make our choices. So why are we why are we going to argue about it one way or the other? Let them do what they're going to do. You decide what you want to do. I'll decide what I want to do. If I decide it's unsafe, I'll stay away. As long as it's safe, I'll go. You get drunk, fall over the the our seats here on the 50-yard line, I'll pick you up, help you get to your car. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't really care one way or the other. So I'm going to move on from it right now for that very reason. I have a little breaking news. I don't think it's anything you know hugely major. Yeah, that sounded like a Donald Trump thing, didn't it? Hugely major. <laughs> uh, this is your opponents. Ole Miss, you're going to play Memphis. They have a linebacker named Niall Love who's quitting the team. He's entering the NCAA transfer portal. More news there for you at the commercial appeal if you, uh, appeal if you want to read it. Um, pretty successful recruit for them. <clears throat> Niall Love, linebacker, Memphis, quitting the team, leaving. Mississippi State, you're going to play ULL or the University of Louisiana, whichever you prefer to call them. It appears that they are going to be without one of their starting tight ends. In the scrimmage that Louisiana had on Saturday, their tight end Chase Rogers broke his foot. It'll end his season. And uh, I hate to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, so broke his foot. He's done. On the upside, I guess he got that year of eligibility on the other side. Well, and that's it. You know, and that's the thing, man. I go back to when they put that in, when they put that in, Roger, that allowed freshmen or any other player for that matter to participate in up to four games yet still redshirt that year, just kind of a game changer. But as a broadcaster – it totally has thrown me for a loop. I'm having a much harder time <laughs> keeping up with classifications. I'm having to like keep a roster handy because you know you'll go, well, I remember watching this guy play last year, so he couldn't have redshirted. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he is still a redshirt freshman. You know, it's just so much difficult, I guess, to to keep up with it. Um, speaking of difficult as a broadcaster, though, Roger, I have to float this over to you. Because I think you'll get a kick out of it. So on Sunday, my pastor was preaching out of Nehemiah chapter 3. And it's all these names of these people who were rebuilding the wall there in Jerusalem. Just name after name after name. And you know how numbers. (laughs) You just know how difficult that can be, right? And I told my pastor afterwards... I said, you reminded me, it, hearing you try to read those names in Nehemiah chapter 3 reminded me of when Jim Ellis and I had to do all those names for BYU three years ago. And they had all the Polynesian players, you know. <laughs> you should have heard Jim doing the starting lineup. I, I, would, I would love that. I just admired him for trying it. It was not easy. It's about what it sounded like. Hey, we'll talk to Patrick McGee of the Sun-Herald coming up. Next, in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. So...
on the show. And away we go. Set to talk a little Southern Miss football with you right now. Here in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Right now, on the Divinity Equipment phone, Patrick McGee from the Sun-Herald. Y'all follow him on Twitter, at Patrick underscore McGee. He covers Southern Miss and does a great job. They had some breaking news yesterday. We're going to talk about that more right now. Hey, Patrick, appreciate a little bit of time. So you've already been to practice today, huh? Sweating it out out there watching the Golden Eagles. Yeah, it was actually at 75 when I pulled up. It was about 95 by the time I was over. So it was a typical Mississippi morning. (laughs) Yeah, nice and sweaty. Um, Before we get into the whole uh, news from yesterday, how are things going in fall camp for Jay Hobson and the Eagles? Well, I mean, I think everybody's pretty darn upbeat. Um, They've got a lot of starters back on both sides of the ball, and and they actually actually lose more starters on defense than they do on offense. But just watching the defense uh, in practice and just seeing the level of talent out there, I think defensively this may be Jay Hobson's best and one of the best defense the Southern Miss has had uh, probably since the Jeff Bauer era. Uh, So, yeah, this this team defensively has a chance to be very good. I think they were top five nationally. Uh, the statistics were slightly skewed because they only play 11 games and, of course, uh, didn't have an, you know both an Alabama and a Mississippi State on the schedule. Uh, but this uh, this season uh, steps up to be a big season for Jay Hobson and, and Southern Miss in general as long as that offense can kind of come along in the, in the ground game this season. Yeah. Patrick, um, the um, thing that I think caught my eye this, this offseason as much as anything that I follow those Southern Miss accounts and – Somebody posted about the the jump in the number of guys who were squatting in the weight room well over 500 pounds. And to me, that's significant. When you tell me, okay, last year you had two guys on a team who could squat 500. This Mm -hmm. year you're up there almost in double figures. To me, I perk up because I know that means something and and the strength and conditioning plays out on the field. Is that something that you feel like is going to translate on the field this year? Yeah, absolutely. I, that's something that really struck me. I was the first one to report that. If people want to go back and find that, uh, it was back around, I think, the, uh, just before the start of August. But, yeah, I mean, Jim Durning, the new strength and conditioning coach, was at Charlotte previously. Uh, while Char- Charlotte wasn't, you know, really a, a, a that great of a football team while he was there, they were always very physical and good up front. Uh, and that was a kind of a program emerging and just now moving up to FBS. Uh, but you would see them play against Southern Miss, and they always went toe-to-toe and sometimes with them up front. So uh, what he's done is come in and just make them uh, add muscle mass and just make stronger. Uh, I think it I think it bodes well for Southern Miss on both sides of the ball up front, especially on the offensive line where they just haven't generated enough push in the last year or so. So, I think it does. I think that is a good sign for Southern Miss. I think that we'll see improved play out of the offensive line. I'm not expecting them to to push around, you know, in Alabama or Mississippi State, but uh, I think in conference play, I think you'll see much better play on the uh, up front on both sides of the ball for Southern Miss. Patrick McGee on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter. His name Patrick underscore McGee covers Southern Miss for the Sun Herald. Um, Patrick, you had the story yesterday, the breaking news that Southern Miss. 
is going to sell beer and light wine in the stadium on campus there, starting with their home game in late September uh, for the rest of the home games this year. What's been the reaction, first and foremost, from your readers and your followers? What's the reaction to that news? I think there was some, you know, pushback on it. I, I think, you know, there's just a certain group, you know, who, you know, go to church every Wednesday and every Sunday, and that's just not part of their belief structure. But overwhelmingly, I think that the, it was a positive reaction uh, from Southern Miss fans, I think, and fans in general. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, you're, you'd have to be in denial to, to, to say that alcohol hasn't had much of a place around Southern Miss football games or any college football game, mm. uh, for that matter, whether it's, before games, during games, fans sneaking in their own alcohol, uh, and then some fans staying out in the the tailgate to uh, to finish, you know, drinking, you know, the, through the first quarter or, or the whole game, watching other games on on big screens on, at their mobile homes or something like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, there's always been alcohol related inc- incidents at Southern Miss and every college football game. So uh, you know. How much this will change that, I don't know. I honestly don't think it will have much impact on that. But as far as the, the reaction from fans, I think everybody thinks it's a positive. Uh, it will probably, they hope it gets more fans at the stadiums and, and maybe can generate a little revenue. And in the process of adding alcohol, they also lower the prices on a lot of food items on the menu. So I think a lot of fans are really encouraged to see that as well. Yeah, no doubt. So, how, in your research on this, uh, somebody sent me the link to you know what is understood to be on the surface anyway the state law that um, Title mm-hmm. 67 you know the whole thing about you can't sell alcohol in any college or university um, uh, at any sporting event. So is this the resort status thing? Is that how Southern Miss is going to get around it? I'm, I'm going to speak with Jeremy McLean tomorrow, so I have a better understanding of how they're going about this. New athletic director. Uh, but I mean, I was under, of the understanding several years ago, a publication, I think it was even the student paper at Southern Miss, uh, did their own homework on this and called a bunch of people and, and didn't really find anything on the, on the books that really strictly prohibited, hmm. uh, the sale of alcohol at sporting events. So I, I think there's conflicting information on this. Maybe the resort status will come into effect. I mean, if, if all you have to do is, is, you know, get a resort, you know, status, I don't think, you know, I don't, you know, I don't see how, you know, that would counteract some law that would prohibit, you know, sale mm-hmm. of alcohol. So I, I don't know. That may be what it, what the, the, the step was for Southern Miss. Hopefully I'll know more tomorrow and be able to report on that. Well, sure. And and anybody listening, um, follow Patrick on Twitter because uh, that information at some point, you know, will be there at uh, Patrick underscore McGee. That was a thing is, you know, we're reading through it, and many people, I think, were aware of that. You can get around it if you're a resort status. Mm-hmm. But there is just a right. lot of ambiguity, I think, in the what, what people find out the, the law to be. Is it actually a law? You know, so I'm interested to mm-hmm. see kind of where you get. And one thing we can rest assured, can't we, Patrick, is that that news doesn't come out uh, from the athletic department yesterday, unless they've got all their I's dotted and their T's crossed. Right, yeah. I mean, something like this would have gone through the athletic department all the way up to the president of the university. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't have done this if it had, they hadn't done all the proper steps, and, and they're not even going to be doing it the first game because they want to have everybody properly trained into how 
and how to handle alcohol sales at the stadium. So this is something that was well thought out. You know, maybe it was kind of a late decision on this, uh, but I can guarantee you this is something that's been in the works for weeks and months. And it's probably been discussed at Southern Miss for a very long time. Uh, they just decided it was a, a, a key moment to do this because attendance has dropped over the last couple of years, as it has for many college football mm-hmm. programs across the country, especially, especially smaller programs, where you, you have so much easy access to watch games at home and stuff like that and how big TVs are and how enjoyable it is just to watch, sit on your couch and watch at home. So they've got to find different ways to get people into the stadium and uh, lowering the prices on concessions and adding alcohol uh, to the menu, I think they think that can make a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a difference for Southern Miss going forward in terms of attendance at home games. You know, I was just thinking, Patrick. You know, just strictly from a revenue standpoint, it's it's a real shame they weren't selling beer in the stadium that year after Fedora left, because boy, could they have yeah. cashed it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, you know, yeah. I mean. It, it, it was strange if you go back to look at the attendance numbers in Ellis Johnson's first season. They were actually pretty good. But were they? It wasn't until the last game or two where people realized it was, oh, my gosh, this is awful. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, they could have used a little liquid courage back then <laughs> just to make their way into the stadium. <laughs> That's right. Patrick, I appreciate it, man. Uh, we're wrapping our show up with you today. Sure. Thanks for the info. We'll send people your way on Twitter. Thank you. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick McGee, y'all follow him. Patrick underscore McGee does an excellent job covering Southern Miss. And, you know, if it's going to get out there and be confirmed with the school, a lot of times Patrick is the first to do that. And he had that yesterday story where, yes, as he said, it's not just the uh, sale of alcohol in the stadium beginning with their last home game of September, but lowering the concession prices too. You know, State did that last year in Starkville. They followed the lead of the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL. It was a big deal how at Falcons games, the concession prices were just dropped down to rock bottom. And, it you know, it went over really well with them. They kind of followed that lead. State does that last year. <clears throat> just dirt cheap concessions. And, you know, the, the feedback they got was just overwhelmingly positive, as you can imagine. And so as it turned out, yes, indeed, people actually bought more (laughs) uh, than they did the year before when it was expensive because it was affordable. And it helps with getting people in there. And it's just not as much a strain once you – it's enough of a strain gas and hotels and ticket prices uh, to get in the stadium. So that was a good thing. And I think that will really help Southern Miss. And they do. They've got to figure something out. As the product continues to get better, and I think it will be better on the field this year. Uh, under Jay Hobson, they're bigger, stronger, a little more veteran, got a full roster. It took them a while to get back to the full 85. They'll be a little better. And as that gets better, they'll get more people. And I think the things that they're doing probably are going to get more people in the stadium. All right, fun show today. For Roger, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. See you all tomorrow. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.